0: Um, have you ever been somewhere and you felt like you haven't belonged? Yeah, yeah a few stories. Yeah, I, I could actually share a bunch of stories, you know, dinners I shouldn't have been at, parties I sh- you know, just felt out of place at, or uh, uh, stages I've been on, like, what, why was I there? You know, like, for example, preaching today, why, you know. Uh, a few fields and courts I've been on over the years, I'm like, I should not be here. Uh, I feel out of place. Uh, a few years back, uh, me and uh, uh, Josh and Mike... Uh, who uh, they were on staff at the time. Uh, we had the opportunity to go out to Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, to go to visit a little church by the name of CCV, Christ Church of the Valley. Steve Carl, one of our leaders, had a lot of connections there. He used to go there, knew the pastor, and uh, well, CCV was uh, one of the largest is one of the largest churches in our country. They were at the time there were about twenty thousand people. And so instead of, like, going to a conference that year, we just went to go hang out at CCV and get to just see how, how they did things. And it was, it was a unique experience, okay, to say the least. But I found myself in a meeting uh, that their, um, their pastor over their neighborhood, their small group ministry, okay, and he was doing a training uh, for another little church who flew there from Kentucky, they sent their whole small groups team. So all 12 of them on staff just for their small groups ministry. Yeah, this was Southeast Christian Church, which was about 25,000 people, okay? And so this guy is training these guys on how they do small groups, and who's in that meeting? <laughs> Me, right? And so they're talking about church experience, and I'm like, why am I here? I don't feel like I belong here. And, and, and that was one of the many times in my life where I felt uh, kind of like a misfit, you know, but uh, still unique um, opportunity as as back then we were a church of 100 and uh, sitting with uh, these other churches. So cool stuff, cool stuff, but I think Misfits resonates with a lot of people, the concept of Misfits. Like like I was mentioned uh, we're, uh, earlier, our, we're kicking off the series for our holiday season, for our Christmas season, about uh, uh, having a misfits Christmas. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the classic scenes of the Christmas story of the Nativity from the scriptures. And and it, we're going as we look at it from our perspective, we're going to see how um, it truly was an event for misfits. And it, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter uh, where you've been. Uh, Uh, or what you've done, at some point you probably have felt like a misfit at some point in your life. So uh, obviously we're taking the cue from the island of misfit toys uh, in the classic Rudolph movie from 1960s. And uh, some of you guys may relate to those toys, you know, Uh, or or the characters, Hermie the elf, you know, he's just a misfit, you know, or or Rudolph the the red-nosed reindeer didn't fit in, or... um, A train with square wheels on the caboose, (laughs) or Charlie in the box, a bird that swims instead of flies, a a pistol, a water pistol that shoots jelly, and so uh, uh, a doll, what what was wrong with the doll? You know, years, many, many decades later, the producer said, you know what, that uh, she was suffering an existential crisis, you know, no one ever knew what was wrong with the doll. Uh, So, uh, you have a polka dotted elephant. And so maybe you've been there before where you just felt a little bit out of place, where you felt like this isn't where I feel like I'm supposed to be or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Things, things are off. Or things, things haven't worked out like I had hoped they would. Or maybe you feel disappointed or disconnected. You know, maybe these are from some of your decisions or maybe it's out of your, from out of your control. Um, so as we look at the story, the Christmas story. We see that is a misfit story. And you know what? It resonates with me because I think the church is kind of the same way. It is We're kind of an island for misfit toys. No offense, right? But we're kind of people with all kinds of different backgrounds. Uh, we come together with different stories, with different pains, different hurts, different, uh, different struggles, and different uh, uh, ways that we're broken. And we come together. And, and in that process, we can become something useful, something beautiful. So our, our island here isn't just about recognizing our brokenness, though, it's about, it's about celebrating and living out the hope that we have uh, with something bigger and with something more, because Jesus has brought us together like that. So, the Christmas story is for misfits, but it also includes a lot of misfits in the story. So today we're going to look at one of those uh, stories, uh, and we're going to see how God will bring, uh, God will use brokenness to bring about wholeness, and I think that's something that maybe you want to hear today, maybe you need to hear, is that whatever's going on in your life, there's, there's something that's feeling a little bit off course, that God can use our brokenness, and he can uh, use that to bring about wholeness that we long for, that we, that we crave, and so uh, Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be looking at the story of Mary and Joseph, okay, as they kind of... Uh, Process the news uh, of of what's going to happen, what we know, the Christmas story. So here we go Matthew 1, verse 18. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, so that's before they had sexual relations, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So in this story, as it sets up, Mary is often, uh, she's often venerated because, I mean, she gave birth to to Jesus, you know, so so we hold her in high esteem. She was the mother of the Messiah, but initially, her pregnancy was as scandalous and and as gossip worthy uh, as it came in that day. Mary had been visited by an angel and uh, she gave her the message of this miraculous birth that would take place and that God was going to use her and bless her uh, and she would give birth to a son. But that wasn't really an explanation that everyone else was going to buy, was it? <laughs> you know, and so uh, there, there are three scenarios that could explain this uh, this pregnancy, you know, first of all, maybe she had been raped by a Roman soldier, and that's certainly something that had happened uh, in that day and culture, or uh, she could have had committed adultery against her, essentially her fiancé, okay? And, and Joseph would have had to reconcile those two options in his, in his mind, in his heart as well. The third option would, would be that uh, she and Joseph had slept together before their wedding, and, and Joseph wasn't really wondering about that one because he knew the facts of that one. And so he was left in, in this uh, conundrum, you know, he could, he could uh, break it off quietly or he could kind of air it out all publicly and humiliate her, but he was a good man. So we continue at verse 20, Says says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means, the Lord saves. And so even the name of Jesus was anticipating his very role of what he came to do. And so by all outward appearances, you know, Mary and Joseph, uh, their relationship had completely obliterated. They were broken. Joseph is looking for the best out that he can find. And then God intervenes. He sends an angel. And so uh, their relationship was broken. Mary becomes a mother, uh, completely out unplanned, completely out of sync with her legal standing, uh, her legal engagement to Joseph. And and Joseph is is working through this tough decision of how to deal with that uh, because at some point he likely believed that he had been betrayed or he had been cheated on or, uh, or he had to deal with the rumors and the treatment that would uh, have left them, you know, on the so-called island of misfits. And God used that family and he used that scenario to bring about the Messiah, the newborn king, in which he was going to save the world from their sins. The only one who was never a misfit was born in one of the most broken situations. You know, as you see the story, uh, we'll we'll look at it over the next few weeks as it plays out. The only one uh, who would be worthy of uh, of perfect treatment was the one who came in the most incredibly misfit way. And we see this truth play out, that God works in broken circumstances to bring about wholeness. Uh, Scripture continues, this is all This took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And he quotes Isaiah, written 700 years before. It says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, uh, he, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so we're used to the story because it circles around our calendar every year. We come back around in these circles. But, but can you imagine the, the tension that they felt? Can you imagine the struggle? Can you imagine the joy mixed with incredible news and angels with, uh, with, with, with the, some of the, the looks and the stares and all the social other outcastings that would come along with it? So there was a lot of tension in the story, but Joseph eventually looked past the circumstance and he realized that there was di- something divine going on. There, there was more to the story. There was something going on uh, that was totally bigger than, than he or Mary would ever do on their own, that God was working in them and through them. You know, when we move from uh, focusing on our circumstances to focus on following God's will for our lives. Not only will we begin to be made whole, we get to be part of the brokenness of others being healed. When we start to focus on God and God's will for our lives, we uh, God will work in us the, our brokenness we may hold, and then He will use us to help uh, the brokenness of those around us. You know, whether it's failures, addictions, or or being let down, we can all resonate with these, right? Rejection, maybe sin. Uh, Struggling, fear, shame, uh, insecurity. We could go on and on and on, but we resonate with those things because those are the things that plague our lives and plague our families and plague our schools and plague our world around us. They break our families and friends and neighbors. They leave us isolated from one another. And the reason Joseph and Mary were able to come back together in the midst of this uh, brokenness is because they trusted the message that God had given them, that, and wholeness comes from pursuing God, and so if there's anything you take with you, maybe that's it, is that, that we need to pursue God and we need to trust God if we want to experience wholeness, like there's no bro- brokenness that you have experienced or that you will experience that can keep you from the truth when you live out your faith, that, God, that wholeness comes from pursuing God. Uh, Romans 5, I want to read the scripture. Paul's kind of talking uh, about the pattern of, uh, of, of our faith and, and how the brokenness cycle kind of comes into play. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've been made right with God by our trust in him. And uh, we have peace, that's this wholeness, made with God uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. What? (laughs) We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us, and so we see this this process. We see this process, this pattern, and, and uh, we get hung up in our brokenness. But a lot of times, our brokenness is just the beginning of the story that God's calling us to move beyond. You know that we see tribulation. What is tribulation? Well, that's anything that's really not going great for you. Okay, that's that's tribulation. It could be a temptation. It could be a relationship. It could be a struggle. It could be uh, persecution. And then the next in that process, perseverance. Man, we have to stand strong. for it. We have to continue to trust God, to seek God, to run after God. And then God will build character and character, hope, and hope, uh, uh, love of God through the Holy Spirit. And that's the, the angel of the Lord says to Joseph that this pregnancy is a result of the Holy Spirit. You think in all this, Mary and Joseph, uh, uh, and Joseph may have died actually by this time, uh, but do you think at the time of Jesus' death and resurrection, do you think Mary uh, regretted any of the times she felt like a misfit? You know, or do you think she looked back and was like, man, that was all worth it? Like all the pain that she went through seeing her son crucified, and, but she looked back over and she knew that he was the savior of the world. So, church, no matter how broken mentally and physically you may feel, we need to cling on to this truth that God makes up the difference with Jesus. Isn't that a good thought? Maybe that's something you need to hang on to. That no matter how broken you are, that God makes up the difference with Jesus. Whatever brokenness that, uh, that in your life, you know, uh, that God, well, God makes it up. He, that's the Christmas story is that he makes up for that brokenness by sending his son Jesus. So in 1964, when Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first aired on TV, um, you know, the Island of Misfit Toys, it it never had any resolution. So like they never went back to the island and and they were all, you know, given as presents to kids who would love them and appreciate them. So I I think it was assumed, uh, but it was never explicitly showed. So you know what happened, right? Letters started pouring in to the creators from kids all over the nation. They wanted to know what happened to the Misfit Toys. So, now they included the scene where, where there's resolution. But it's interesting, you know, from a young age, we, we know. From a young age, we, we uh, innately recognize that brokenness and disconnection isn't where we should stay. It's not where we should uh, end up. And we want to see resolution, and, and we want to see broken people made whole. We want our brokenness to, to be made whole. And, and that's the promise that we have through Jesus. And, and the places in which we're weak the, and misfits and broken, that's the spaces that God has sent Jesus to make whole. And so in the season of Advent, you know, we wait, we long, we hope, we expect for God to work. And we eagerly wait for God, for Jesus to come again. But we've also been made whole now. We've also been made whole now. Colossians 2, 9-12 says this, as, this cool passage, says, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to Fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So that our brokenness made whole is the testimony. That's the sermon of, of Jesus' birth, of his death, and of his resurrection. The very lives that we live. You know, that's the story. As Jesus' people, we let Jesus make up the difference. Where our brokenness can define us, that we let Jesus to fill in the gaps. He was sent to be with us, to mend us, and to place us in that space. And, and, and we need to step in to allow the Holy Spirit work in our life. As so, church, may you experience the love of God that's being poured out through the Spirit as we seek God in a new way in the season, as we seek to impact this world around us. Because the Christmas story is one of brokenness, broken people being made whole.